0: Hello everyone, welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. I'm Kay Reynolds, I'll be one of your co-hosts for today, and I'll be joined by Jason Goldsworthy. Now before we get started, let me just tell you a little bit about Spirit Talk Radio. This all came about by a couple of mediums who wanted to share their passion and their love for spirit. So on our shows, we like to talk about all things spiritual and mediumistic. And we welcome your input and your thoughts and your comments. Jason and I are both working mediums who have trained extensively in the United Kingdom and we'll be sharing our experiences, the journey that we've been on and of course the training that we've received from the Arthur Finley College as well as our lovely mentor, the one and only, the extraordinary Mavis Patella. Now, it's important that you understand that anything that we talk about and share with you is our understanding, our own interpretation of the lessons that we've had on the many courses at the college or from Mavis. They are no way. Are we quoting anything that Mavis has said or any of the college uh, tutors at the college? So just please keep that in mind. Now, what's up for today? On today's show, we'll be discussing the unfoldment of our own awareness of the spirit world. You know, that first inkling that we had, When we realized there was something far greater than just what we were experiencing here on Earth. And where did we go? What was the journey that we walked upon and went through to get to where we are today from that very first point of realizing something was different. There was more to it. So... I think what we'll do is we're going to start with Jason and let Jason give us an insight into his own spiritual journey, his own spiritual awakening. So without further ado, let's welcome Jason
1: Goldsworthy. Jason? Okay. So um, you wanted to ask me how I got into this um, spirituality, didn't you? Yeah. Into these spiritual things, um, becoming a medium. Well, you know, um, for me, I was always sensitive as a child. Always sensitive. Um, my parents thought I was oversensitive, and my father said to me, "You have to, you have to learn to be tough." So, I had to listen to him. Uh, in the end, you grow up as a man. You have to be tough. Yeah. And um wasn't until we moved house that this one time, and it was an old house, and it, I was in my bedroom, sleeping in my bedroom for the first time, and my room was just, you know, was filled with all these people in the night time when I went to bed, and I just saw them walking out of the closet into my room. And I was lying there, and I I thought, oh no, so every night, I, at three o'clock, when I couldn't handle it, I'd run to my parents' room and say, "Can I sleep with you?" and they let me sleep with them for maybe three four nights, but on the fifth night they were, they had so lost so much sleep they would just said, "Go back to bed, put the cushion note. you're only dreaming, and every time I came to tell them about these people in my room, he said, "You're only dreaming so i had I learned how to switch it off, which was um, don't tell them what I'm seeing. Yep. Don't tell them. What, don't tell them what I'm <laughs> hearing. Sounds cushion, familiar. <laughs> cushion, cushion, on my ear, on my head, and hide myself, wrap myself up in like a little worm in my duvet, and pretend that that they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And kept saying to myself, "I'm only dreaming." Even though I had this feeling, it's, it was all very real to me. Um, Later on, as my life got more, I was still sensitive, I had to be hard. Um, another time when I got into my teenagers, my mother had remarried, and my father-in-law didn't get on with me. He got on with me when I was younger, but when I was uh, in my teenagers, he wasn't quite, um, he was a bit of, you know, wasn't very good with teenagers. And I walked into the room, and I just knew what had been said, and I said to him, I looked him in the eye, and I said, well, you know, if you speak positive about me, I might like you a bit more, but obviously... If you're always speaking negative about me when I'm not here, um, <laughs> what do you expect? And he looked at me, you should not be listening at the door. And he was very angry and sent me to my room. So I decided from that day, I'm not going to say all these things that I seem to, to get in, that, that seem to just pop into my mind, but, you know, because obviously they're right. Um, and then I went on with my life. To, um, to go on for my career was mostly um, trying to be a chef and to be the best chef I could be. And I wanted to be famous as a chef. And it wasn't until, because I'd shut down all my feelings and shut down who I really was, um, it, took, it took like um, for me to be overworked. To, um not being able to sleep and, and not feeling comfortable even though I earned enough money as a chef and really had a comfortable life and money-wise something in my soul just didn't feel right mm. something in me didn't feel right yeah um so it was like i i just couldn't i couldn't do I couldn't do my work I was overworked and so the doctor gave me sleeping tablets. That's when my journey begun because I mean I don't know if you've read what happens when some people, you know, have these things that can happen when you take like this these things that happen when you take sleeping tablets, but I ended up hallucinating um because I was so sensitive to the sleeping tablets. I ended up hallucinating, um and seeing a lot of things that not normally people would see. Um I've so, never I've
0: never heard of that.
1: Yeah, no, these yeah. tablets, um Apparently, um, and yeah, it was it was in the in in the um, the written work that it was possible um, that you could hallucinate, but I think it was because I wasn't getting so much sleep, and I was taking these tablets. And then he said, I said, "This is not working," so he said, "Take two of these tablets," because I was so sensitive to these things. it was like my whole floor fell from out, out of me and i was just really sensitive and i was seeing things and hearing things and it was it was all difficult to say what it was and um, so the doctor said stop taking them and i had to take some time off work um eventually he said that you know at first it was try the tablets and then <laughs> take some time off work And he gave me tablets to calm me down, you know, like sort of um, these tablets were just to keep keep your stress levels down. And he said, they're all right because, I mean, um, we've tested tested them on pilots, they're fine. (laughs) And I thought, oh, well, they must be fine then. And so I took them and um, the first time I took them, uh, I was up all night putting on music, dancing and singing and telling my wife, come on, wake up, let's have a party. And she said, have you taken those tablets? I said, yes, they're really good. She said, well, you're taking them back tomorrow to the doctors. Um, so we took them back to the doctors um, because they they were just, it just didn't work. I was just too sensitive to them. So then um, the medical profession just uh, said, okay, look, we're not going to give anything else. Just take some rest. And that was the best thing for me because then I could just, Picked myself up. I went and got some Reiki healing, and that Reiki healing, what it did for me, the healing that I had was it opened up all my chakras. Oh. So all the chakras that had closed, my heart chakra all my feelings had closed. They opened up in one go, and um, what happened was, I felt really high afterwards. I felt like I, you know, I'd had so many drinks, and I was like high and spaced out. And I was, I was walking on the clouds and I, I rang him up the next day. I said, I'm sorry, you've done something wrong because I can't work like this. I'm too happy. I've never been this happy. And of course, you can imagine the heart chakras open. open. Um, and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, it's like being in heaven. And I said to him, you're going to have to do something. So he sent me distance healing to ground me because I was obviously very sensitive. So he ended up grounding me. And after that, I thanked him because then I could actually work. Mm. <laughs> um, but after that, that was the opening up of my world, really, because I had to understand. Because then my palm chakras opened, and lots of healing energy came out of my palm chakras. So I rang up my Reiki master and said, "Well, you haven't just attuned me to something or, or something like that, because it seems, like, you know, the, like, there was like, it felt like flames coming out of my hands." And I could feel them like really, really warm on me. He said, no, I haven't done anything. All I've done is healing. He said, but you must be very open to it. So my search went on to find out why I've got, got this healing energy coming through me. So I thought, if I did the Reiki attunement, then I'll get all the answers. I did the Reiki attunement, and I got some answers. And I did the Reiki other attunement, and I did the Reiki master. And I did all these attunements because I wanted to learn more, but they didn't give me the answers why my hands had all this healing energy coming out of them.
0: Right.
1: Um, all they could say is you're very open. Um, so it wasn't, um, until I, like, I read a lot of books about healing energy, everything from quantum, quantum touch to, um, different reasons why and uh, Tai Chi and all those things, where I realized, okay, so this is just energy that comes through me. Um, but my life changed. I stopped going after the money. I stopped um, wanting to be a, a famous chef. I wanted to give something back to people, so mm. I changed work, I became a male nurse, and I wanted to help people, I wanted to give something back, so I could help old people in a way with my with my feelings that I could help them um, and that was also the beginning of a journey for me because then I'd be walking around um, having a problem with my heart one day and a problem with my shoulder and a problem with my hip and a problem with my back and I kept going back to the doctor and saying there's something wrong with me, I said something wrong with my heart, I've got all this heaviness on my heart and I've got this problem with my shoulder and a problem with my hip. And he checked me out and he said, Mr. Goldsworthy, I'm sorry, but there is nothing wrong with you. And it wasn't until I read the the patient's, um, um, you know, maps that have got all their information about their health. that I realized when I was in contact with the one lady that had heart problems, I was feeling the heart problem. Yeah. And then I was feeling the hips and I was feeling, so I was feeling the ailments Mm. of the people I was helping. But nobody could tell me. How to deal with it so then began my search from how am I going to deal with this mm. so I had to look for a good medium and I came across a medium and he said he, he took one look at me he said you don't need to be here you're a medium and I thought oh I thought he was a bit high in the clouds for me so I thought no um he said come to me to France and I'll teach you some mediumships so I thought I'm not going to France to learn mediumship from someone that calls me a medium when I first walk in He must be wrong Right. <laughs> so, eventually I got in contact with um, Paul Jacobs um, Paul Jacobs said to me, you have a talent. And that sounded down to earth to me. You have a talent and if you work at it, it could be a talent you could use. And he advised me to go to the Arthur Finley College and he advised me to go to Yosei um, Hoskov's um, three year academy to learn how to work with this talent, right? and in those three years I learned how to use my talent and I learned from Paul Jacobs a lot about how to find direction and how to use my mediumship skills but it was nice to be in contact with down-to-earth mediums that could tell me what's going on uh, which was a bit, which was good, and after I did my courses in three years I'm still missing something, because something in my soul says I'm missing something, you know, I've, I've done this three years, and I'm now good enough to be a full-time medium. I've been going so many years to the Arthur Finley College, still my soul needed something else. Uh, and then I managed to get on the Mavis Mentorship, Mavis Patilla Mentorship, and that started to fill my soul with what it needed. And that was the spiritual side yeah. of mediumship you see it's not just about making that contact for a loved one and being understood. it's about bringing the spirit alive yeah. of the content spirit alive of the person um and bringing their soul across to someone else that can feel it and that they can they can they can be touched by it um that was that was what that was like a big opening up for me, um, for Navy Spotilla. Finding more about the spirituality in it, the prayer, um, and all those things surrounding your mediumship would makes you more a complete medium. Not just a medium that is gonna be there just for the wow effect. No, a medium there that's for the long haul, that's right. you know that's gonna answer you questions, that's gonna have your your needs.
0: Right.
1: Uh, and that's, that's what I really enjoyed about the vs. Priscilla. One thing I did forget to say, it wasn't a medium that woke me up to so there was life after death. Um, because, um, after my brother died, I forgot to fit this bit in. When my brother died, um, within moments I felt him next to me mm-hmm. and I was alone in a room and I felt his arm around me. And I couldn't believe what I was feeling. And I just felt all this love coming from the spirit world to me. And I thought, this is amazing. But he's dead. But why do I feel that he's with me? Mm. Um, And that night, he woke me up with um, a song. It was called "Everessence." Wake Me Up Inside. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, I've got "Everessence." Wake Me Up Inside, full blast, coming through my feelings. And... I'm awake. You know, I'm awake. I mean, I'm, I cleaned the house. It wasn't even my house. I mean, the lady I was staying with, she was very happy, but I mean, I just couldn't sleep, wake me up inside. Right. And my sister was staying there as well. And I went to her sister's room about five o'clock in the morning. And I burst in with it, Emily, I said, you've got to look for this song. It's called, it goes like this, wake me up, wake me up, wake me up. Yeah. She searched through the CDs because she hadn't she suddenly she felt the energy and she was a and she just searched for CDs and she put the music on. And when she put on wake me up inside the I said, Yes, that's it. Thank God. We found it And then I said to her, Oh good. So I felt it the rest then. Told my wife about it and she said to me, Yeah, right, you know, you're just you know, you know what you're like.
0: Are you taking those pills again? <laughs>
1: Next night, that's it. The next night, she woke up at three o'clock in the morning. My brother had been to her, brought the next song, song, which was called Another Train. And so she woke. She woke up. She rang us at seven o'clock in the morning the next morning. I said, "You're ringing. You're up early. You better find this song." She says, "It's called Another Train. You better find it." I do believe you. Find this song because I want to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> and this was your sister. This was my, my my wife. Oh, you! Oh, Ursula. Oh, believe. And um, the night after that, my sister was woken up with the third song. And so, what my brother did, he chose his own music for his own funeral after he died. Wow. people, what he wanted to play.
0: Oh wow! And
1: there was uh, it was beautiful. Because it was, it was different. No one had had, no one would have this sort of ceremony. And we just felt, we could just felt his presence the whole time through preparing it. There was a lot of love and energy coming from him. And he, he just woke us all up to the idea that life goes on, life continues. And because he did that, it's now my, my, my uh, purpose to wake people up. Just like he woke me up, because there's more to life. Wow. There's more to life death than anyone knows.
0: Now, how you? Were you already on your spiritual path when he passed? Were you already working towards being
1: a medium, or is this? No, that was that was what I was doing in my Reiki. I'd only just done my Reiki through Your Reiki. So I, so all I, was, I, I thought everything was energy, and I was just doing my the Reiki. Then that's where I was. That's you know yeah. so that was my spiritual path my opening up but i wasn't into the mediumship at all that happened before
0: so that kind of spurred you into that direction then when he passed
1: yeah i do believe he pushed me in the right direction yeah um, absolutely I do, I do believe he did yeah um so i mean that was that was without a shadow of doubt there's no way of getting away from from that experience, no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> you, can't
0: you, know, you you can't. You, you can't ignore that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, wow. And well,
1: that, the physical touch of spirit. I didn't believe that that was possible, and I asked other mediums about it. Not many people have that, but I could actually feel the arm around me, and the, the, not only the essence of the person, but it's like someone would touch you. Yeah, and. When my medium first ships first started out, he used to touch me on the top of my head just to let me know he was there. Yeah. You know. Wow, what
0: an interesting story that you have in this journey that you've you've been on. You know, I find it really amazing how we all have our own story and we all have our our own way of coming to this awareness that um, we have spirit around us. And it, in, you know, like you mentioned, it is an, an awakening, in a way, you know. And, and for myself, I know that that awakening was first shown to me when I was quite young, at, at around the age of five. But it wasn't until I had a, a near-death experience that the awakening came at a much quicker and a more um, intense tense way um so wow it's it's just fascinating to hear everyone tell their their own story so um ladies and gentlemen i i believe this concludes our show for today we want to thank uh you so much for joining us um and and do know that, that jason and i both can be reached on Facebook, and we each have our own uh, websites as well that you can uh, go to if you're interested in um, contacting us at any way. Jason's is uh, www.jasongoldsworthy.com. dot dot com. That's Jason Goldsworthy. Dot com and my website is www.kreynolds.org kreynolds.org. We would love to hear from you and please do look us up on Facebook. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, we would love to hear from you. So before we go, uh, I just want to leave you with a few thoughts. You know, as people, we often think of our, our own life story as quite boring. And we don't tend to talk about the experiences that we have to other people. But, you know, the truth is we all have a story to tell. and Who are we to decide if our story will touch the soul of another person or not touch them you know we often gain insight into our own spirit our own self within by hearing others tell their life experiences through hearing others tell their story we suddenly realize we are not alone and others have gone through similar things that we've gone through. You know, you just never know how your story will touch the lives of others. So I want to encourage you to think about your own life story and the experiences you've been through and think about how your story might could touch someone else. Jason and I both hope that we've touched your soul in some way today. So until we meet again, God bless. And thank you for listening.